I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Hi, Paul. Hello, good to be back. Nice week away for me. Back at the game last night, of course you were. Yeah. The thing about last night's game for me against West Bromwich Albion, that we had a reaction from Sunday's defeat, and that's what I was looking for. Against a, ta- a side that's classed as a top six side, I thought we held our own, well, more than held our own. Finished one apiece. Josh McGuinness getting the goal, putting us in front on six minutes. I thought it was an excellent goal, Paul. Yeah, it was strong, wasn't it? Bully in the centre of half, holding the man off, getting to the ball first. Reasonable finish. Yeah, it was a good finish. It, it was sort of like a, an half volley. But before that, I thought the uh, the ball from Jason Curry to defence was very good as well. Rather than just lumping it up into, into no man's land, you know, we looked for a player and McGuinness got on the end of it. We did, we did a bit of lumping it out later on, didn't we, which was uh, not so good. But at that point, we were a bit more posed. And if you're at least aiming for the areas where your fellow's supposed to be you're giving yourself half a chance aren't you? we started last night with the same formation that we started Saturday's game against Burnley with two strikers with three in midfield and five across the back oh they put a good shift in but before we blink really well it was uh, 22 minutes or 16 minutes later it was one apiece you know there's no there's no getting around this Tom Naylor, number four, classics number four, who I speak highly of every time I speak of him. He's got him all his hands up, and he has done to refer to him. A glory mistake. He's seen Jack Watmore, but not checked his peripheral vision. Hit the ball back to him, and Callum Grant's latched onto it and produced a good finish. He played him in, didn't he? And it's a sort of mistake for me. It's like when, you, when you're washing the pot, drop a mug, you know you've dropped a clanger, don't need everybody coming in, having a go at you. You want people coming and say, yeah, it's all right, we've got some other mug crack on and we'll pick a result up somewhere else. You know, you had a game to finish, didn't you? If you'd have let your heads go down, you'd have ended up losing again. I don't think he did. I mean, he, he worked hard all game. He, he got taken off later yeah. on, but he worked hard. Listening to Liam Richardson's interview afterwards, Liam Richardson said he accepts players make honest mistakes and that's what he's done, what he wants accept it shirkers and people who don't put the shift in which Tom Naylor always does they all make mistakes it's from strikers through to goalkeepers don't it and, it, and this one's just cost us that's the way it is as we said time again further forward you are the more you, you're able to forget about your mistakes and sat just in front of the back four now and again those mistakes you get away with but last night he absolutely didn't get away with it. Bit ironic because the last time we played West Brom at home, of course, there was a mistake then with Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Jones having a brew. And then he ended up uh, picking the ball up when he shunted him. That finished one apiece as well. But I hope that Tom Naylor's mistake last night isn't as significant as uh, what Jamie Jones has turned out to be. We grinded a point out, didn't we? And the script was set, wasn't it? Just Charlie White being like inches shy of uh, wrapping up the three points right close to the end. Charlie White came on and Nathan Broadhead as well came on for. Will Keane and Josh McGuinness Broadhead I thought very lively when he come on he looked like deserving of a start caused quite a bit of mayhem in the West Brom defence a great cross across the uh, front of the six yard box and Charlie White probably half an inch off putting it in the back of the net and what a story that would have been oh what a story it was oh so close to writing the fairy tale it was 87 minutes on the clock when that happened I spoke about West Brom being a top six side they didn't look like it last night in fact I was I was very disappointed with them when you consider you know how Burnley played on Saturday you know I keep reflecting back to Burnley but I'll be honest with you I was so impressed with them and then you you know you're taking out West Brom played last night streets apart for me I think West Brom were more on right. I didn't see the game Saturday I was, I was away I thought West Brom looked pretty good in patches 
but also it was it was that sort of passing round and we saw it earlier on in the season where there's a team passing round but not really getting effective shots. It looks good, not necessarily all that effective. I don't think Ben Amos too much to do. Like, you know, he, he wasn't like rum ragged, was he? Can you remember a clear cut chance that West Brom had, apart from when they scored? Yeah, and, and that's a top six or a team that you're expecting to finish top six. Obviously, I've got the problem of having missed Burnley, but the, I know the stats didn't reflect goal line. It seemed like from from the stats that I saw, every, every, everything they, they got, they took in, especially in the second half. And up until then, it was quite, you know, there, we were well in the game. I, I'm still optimistic that we're going to be all right. And I said it after, after the Burnley game, we're not going to stop up by beating Burnley home and away. I mean, that's not where we're, at, where we're identifying points to be gained from. I mean, we, it's going to come against teams like Reading and it's going to come against teams like Birmingham, which we've already picked three points up, Coventry City and obviously Luton Town on Saturday. You know, we'll be targeting at least a point there, I should imagine. And West Brom last night, I think that would have been looked at as, as one of those games that perhaps we, we weren't going to expect to win, but we'd like, we want to win it, obviously, but we weren't expected. Yeah. But I think it was not too dissimilar from us, you know, in quality. I think that boards well. Bruce spoke afterwards. I know he's a former Latics manager and he always speaks highly of the Latics. But he said we're going to be competitive this season, in his opinion. Depending who we bring in, in, the, in you know, tomorrow in the uh, transfers, possibly we can be. You know, we can be competitive. But I don't mean challenging at the top, but obviously we might upset one or two teams. I think so long as you're not challenging at the bottom. I, I mean, that was the, the ambition for a lot of supporters. You know, obviously, the club itself keeps its ambition close to its chest, but you know, you've got to think that that's at least a decent start, isn't it, if we're not involved in a dogfight? Max Poe was, was captain yesterday and I think he was running around the pitch kicking everybody up the backsides. He was trying to get everybody motivated. Graham Shinnick, consecutive starts for him, I think, for the first time since he's joined. For me, he was better yesterday than what he was on Saturday. I'll jump straight to it now. The, the vast majority of our supporters were at the game last night. I thought he did more than all right. They've actually voted for him to be the progress of unity. Man of the match, so that's Graham Shinney. About 60% of all the votes cast went to Graham Shinney. Well done to uh, the wee Scotsman. We'll have a quick look at the stats where I've mentioned about Man of the Match. We had 33% of the possession. Both teams had eight, eight attempts with three on target each. We committed 12 fouls and so did West Brom. And with two bookings apiece as well. So picking the bookings up for the Latics was Josh McGuinness and James McLean. The referee was Andy Woolner. 75 minutes of the game. I thought he had a, a decent game. He was letting a lot go. I, I think that goal of Josh McGuinness, if some referees would have pulled that up, had a, f a free kick for us or a free kick for them. But he just let it play out, didn't he? And uh, to see what happened. Yeah. It, was a, it was a good goal. So I thought he did all right for the first 75 minutes. There's a couple of incidents later on where he started giving, he seemed to be giving West Brom free kicks in, in dangerous areas. There was one in particular where there was a blatant dive on the edge of the box and and he gave him a free kick, which resulted in hitting the wall and going out for a corner. He had an half-decent game, the referee. The attendance was 10,526, Tuesday night, still on, in a holiday mode. So, I don't, again, I don't think that's too bad. It's, it's a solid 10,000 home fans, isn't it? One player missing altogether, Callum Lang. He's picked up an injury following Saturday's defeat to Burnley when he was accosted for the penalty. He's been clattered into by the Burnley goalkeeper, Murich, and he's uh, been sent to have scans to see... If if there's any damage. We could have had six forwards on the bench then, couldn't we? Very top-heavy bench last night. I don't know whether that's due to availability or selections or what, but... William Richardson mentioned that as well in his interview after the game, and he said that they're looking forward to a, a productive day tomorrow for the transfer deadline day 
to bring some strength in. We are running short on numbers now because of the uh, the injury situation that we're picking up. Well, we've got quite a few anyway. We've got Edwards is out, Cousins is out, Derek was out, we've got Lang out now. I don't know what's up with Joe Bennett. He's not even been on the bench for the last two games, has this? PSA come on the bench last night. Wow, I mentioned that. I thought, did you think it was a bit strange when we went to four at the back and we played Tilt as left back rather than bringing a, a natural left back on? Because... He got caught a few times, didn't he, going forward? Yeah, it's always difficult to second-guess managers because they always know things that you don't. On the face of it, knowing what we know, it does look a bit strange. You do think we might have been better balanced. I think one thing that you can almost bet your house on, if Pearson had been up the left wing, he would have slung across him. He would indeed. West Brom, we got a point from that. Just one defeat, one win and four draws this season. Just making an announcement, we've recruited someone to the Progress with Unity podcast. We've got a new member. His name's Tom Smart, joining us as a content creator and graphic designer. So he's going to be doing some background stuff for us. Really pleased to have Tom on board. Currently, he is the head of media at Ashton Athletic. He's got quite a bit of experience and uh, we're going to pop out a, a little article to tell you all about Tom in the next day or two. So, But anyway, welcome on board, Tom. Welcome to Progress with Unity. On Saturday, we're back on the road again as we move down to Kenilworth Road to face Luton Town. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Luke Gregory, Luton Town supporter. He's uh, going to give us the lowdown on everything about the Atlas. How are you doing, Luke? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I noticed you had a good result last night away at Cardiff. Yeah, really good result. Wasn't I wouldn't say I wasn't expecting it, but it's always a bit of a tough place to go, especially for us. I've been a bit of a bogey team, so yeah, to come away with a win, couldn't be happier, really. Now, you started this season coming off the back of your playoffs last year, and I think everybody was sort of hoping that you would go up via the playoffs, you know, all the neutrals, obviously. But it didn't quite come off for you. You've started the season with nine points from seven games. What do you make of that? The first few games, it's, it's taken us a bit a bit of time to get going. You, you come into a new season where you finished so well last year, we may be unlucky in the playoffs. And then with strengthened in the summer, I think everyone come into this season, especially like the first two home games against Birmingham Preston and thinking they're winnable. Like Obviously, like the championship, anything can happen, but... And no, I just think there's a part of us that maybe thought, all right, you know, two home games, they're winnable and we come away with one point from them two games. And we had a, a tough trip to Burnley, Bristol City, and it, it just didn't kind of happen for us in the first four games. And I'm not quite sure why, but Nathan Jones alludes to having three extra weeks of the season or having a disjointed preseason. But I just I feel like it's taken a bit of time for the new players to kind of click and gel with the team. So it, it was kind of like a, a, a poor first four or five and last few now have been have been back to what we know and love from last year with seven points in three games I think we're all buzzing again and yeah full of confidence now for Saturday talking about two things that I wanted to bring up as well your new players and and Nathan Jones so I'll start with Nathan Jones though you know some some managers we had Paul Jewell who was a brilliant fit for us and he went elsewhere and didn't do so good Nathan Jones he must be uh he must feel like he's a storm at Luton Town uh, just he just fits so well, and it's you, you look at what he did with Stoke, and and you just think how how can it be so different? What is it that works just so well at Luton with him? But I don't know. I just don't know if it's the togetherness around the club that you know every member of staff and every player that you know are on the same page. There's no like big egos. It, it just seems that like everyone is just fully like focused on on their role, and it, it's just such a good fit with the fans. The fans love him. Uh, maybe not so much opposition fans. He seems to wind them up a lot, but. 
Now he, he's he's clearly a great fit, and it is the best time for us Luton fans really just to have that that consistency. We're not worrying about losing a manager like our neighbours down the road and sacking managers every few months when they're the poor results. So you know it's, it's it's a brilliant fit for the club. Your summer recruitment you mentioned earlier on about the place settling in. Who you brought in? Probably the most high profile be Carl Morris. I think it was announced the other day we actually broke our transfer record for him, which is quite rare for Luton to. To break their transfer record, it's only like one point three million before. So I believe we spent just under two million on him. And last couple of games, he's looked like a real handful and, and kind of the player we thought and we'd heard from Barnsley fans we were going to get. He's quick, he's powerful, he's got a trick in him, he's got good composure. He's very athletic to get us forward, especially on the counter attack. He's been he's been brilliant. We brought in Cordy Woodrow from Barnsley as well. He's not really had the game time yet, but you always know what you're getting with with a player like with with Cordy Woodrow. And then, yeah, just apart from that, we've had a couple that have come in, have been injured. Alfie Doughty come in. He's not played yet, but he looked good in pre-season and unfortunately he's been injured. A new, new goalkeeper from Forest as well, come in and taking the number one jersey, or the 34 jersey, but he's our number one for now. And he, yeah, he's looking really strong. So I think recruitment-wise, we did well. And I'm hoping maybe for one more in before the deadline, but it would quite like another defender just just to really like secure our squad and, and boost our chances the best the best possible way this season. And you lost a player in summer, didn't you? you uh, the former Latics man, Cal Naismith. I think he he left it with a bit of a cloud over his head. Uh, football's football at the end of the day, isn't it? Like if someone's going to triple your wage, you'll go or double your wage and. That seems like it's the case. Uh, I think for me personally, as a Luton fan, I can't begrudge anyone that's, you know, if, if we can't match a wage offer and he's at the age he is and he's got family and he wants to move down south and earn more money and have a longer contract, then fair play to him. You know, I'd love to have kept him, but it just is what it is. You can't afford to, and nothing you can do out of our control. Talking of individual players, who should Latics fans be looking out for on Saturday? Definitely Colton Morris is. Carl Morris and Adebayo up front at the moment. Adebayo last year was was brilliant. In watching him last year, I thought if he carries this on, he'll be in the Premier League in a year's time or two years' time. But he's kind of had a slow start to the season. But Carl Morris definitely one that when he's on the ball, you just kind of feel like something's going to happen. Same with like Luke Freeman. We're just we're happy to give the opposition the ball, but as soon as we get it, it's kind of like breaking quickly and trying to get on the counter. And and, and we do move the ball forward from defence to attack quite quickly. And that is with the players like Carl Morris and Luke Freeman. So. I'd say them two are the two main standouts for Saturday. I think it might be an interesting game then because we like to concede possession and and, <laughs> uh, and defend and press and, and then try and hit. I don't know who's going to have the ball on Saturday. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We we um, we definitely work better without possession. I think there's a stat that said like when we have less than fifty percent possession, we've we've won like nineteen of the last like twenty six games or something compared to having possession. So yeah, I think definitely we're we're happy if. Wigan want to come and have the ball I think we'll allow it that's not our style Nathan Jones might be back on the chartboard there trying to <laughs> trying to work some tactics out prediction then for Saturday which way do you think this game's going to go I'm very confident that because we're on a good run of form at the moment I, I looked at the last three and I would have taken six points we got seven Swansea and Cardiff away two tough games I just feel like we're on such a good run that I'm going to go for a 2-0 Luton on Saturday. But I do think it'll be a tough game because Wigan have started really well. And, you know, I, I, we watched them against Norwich a couple of weeks ago and I don't know how, how you guys didn't win that. So, no, it's, it's definitely a tough game. Um, I feel like the confidence and the flow is going to be there for us. So I'm going to go 2-0. We look forward to playing away, to be honest with you. So it'll be a very interesting game and yeah. one to look forward to. And thank you very much for joining us, Luke. Good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on.
Right, that was Luke Gregory there from Owen the Town podcast, the Luton Town podcast. They had a good result last night, as was mentioned in that interview at Cardiff. 2-1 away win, so they're going to be buoyant for Saturday. If he's right in what he says, in that they're getting their season together, I'm slowly picking up where they left off at the back end of last season. We could be in for a tough game, couldn't we? I'll tell you what made me chuckle a little bit. They don't like having possession of the football. A bit similar to us, that, because that's how we, we tend to concede possession like per. Purposely, don't we? The ball's going to end up in the centre circle for the game and stay there. It'll be nil apiece this game. I think you're more likely to see us revert to last season where there were games when we had a lot of possession. The question is, can we hurt Can we hurt a championship team with it? That's the question. On that note, I think we'll move straight on to ref watch. And the referee on Saturday will be Chris Kavanagh from Manchester. He was a select group one referee and he's been officiating in the Premier League since 2017. He has had six previous Latins games, the last one being the 3-0 away defeat at Blackburn in March 2019. And of the six games he's taken charge of, we've only won once, and that was the FA Cup tie against West Ham in January 2018. The other four have been championship games and we've drawn one of them and we've lost four of them. The card watch for this season for Chris Kavanagh, he's only ref the one game, which was Reading's win at Millwall on last Saturday, when he issued just one yellow card. Previously, we've played Luton 16 times, winning five, losing five, but we've made six draws, so it's pretty even between us both. The first meeting came in the League Cup in our first season in the Football League back in 1978. We played them in the second round in August that year, and we suffered a 1-0 defeat away at Kenilworth Road. In fact, our first three meetings against Luton were all in the League Cup, and we lost them all, 2-0, 1-0, and 4-2 respectively. And we had to wait until the 97-98 season to meet the Atters in the league, with both those games ending one apiece. In our last 10 meetings, we have lost just once though, so recent history is very much in the Latics' favour. That defeat was a 2-1 in December 2019. Callum Mack scored the winning goal in the dying second. So thank you very much for that, Callum. I think we'd had, it was either Cedric Kipri or Shade Dunkley sent off with us 1-0 up and we ended up losing 2-1. But that was the season where we couldn't win away until we went to Birmingham on, on uh, New Year's Day. Our last meeting against Luton Town came on the 7th of March, 2020. It was the final game before lockdown came into effect and that finished in piece. Predictions. Luke's gone for a... 2-0. For me, he's being a little bit dismissive of us, though, with that scoreline. Uh, I'm sure I'm, he said to me off of that he, it's with his heart. Well, I'm going with my head. And the way we've been playing and the way we set up, I'm going to go for a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I can see that. I, I don't think you can go for a goal fest, can you? I'm going to go for a, 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 tell you what, a balance it out. So if it was boxing, it'd be a draw. So I'll be the judge that says 2-0 at it. <laughs> and then we get a split decision thank you for joining us on this episode of the Progress with Unity podcast we're looking forward to uh, Saturday's game down there uh, we'll be back on Sunday with all the reaction from that game we've no midweek game next week but we've got Blackburn Rovers next Saturday at the DW Stadium so another Lancashire Derby new faces to discuss though isn't there I reckon another centre half or another defender of some description I'd like to see a creative midfield player come in so until Sunday, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Come on. Up the ticks.